When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just like that, the second hour is here, Friday edition. Hot by with Edna Withrow across the Outkick Network. Chad back with us on Monday. Coming up, Kelly in Vegas will join us. We'll get the uh, the best plays, and I'll describe my worst. Uh, don't take my advice. Take Kelly's. She's with us in, in 20 minutes. Uh, news coming down that Jim Harbaugh suspended today by the Big Ten and Commissioner Tony Petiti, uh, and the Big Ten has clarified uh, the report um, from Pete Thamel that said that he would not be on the sideline for Michigan over the final three games of the regular season. That means he's not with the team for the regular season games to close out against Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. And just reading straight from the release from the Big Ten, as a penalty imposed on the institution, the university football team must compete without its head football coach for the games remaining in the 2023 regular season, effective immediately. This disciplinary action shall not preclude the university or its football team from having its head football coach attend practices or other football team activities other than the game activities to which it applies. For clarity, the head football coach shall not be present at the game venue on the dates of the games to which this disciplinary disciplinary action applies. That from the release of the Big Ten uh, as part of the discipline for the sign-stealing saga that has been going on and the failure to monitor that they're pointing to within the sportsmanship policy. We say hello to Danny Cannell, who joins us, courtesy of betonline.net. You can check out BetOnline for updated college football playoff, win totals, conference Heisman, and uh, college football week 11 lines right now at betonline.net. Danny, what do you make of the news and the fact that right now, Jim Harbaugh's on the flight to Happy Valley with his team, and currently, he's not allowed to coach tomorrow. So, Jonathan, it's great to catch up with you. Same. I'll give you a little uh, little background because I came. I was actually on the set with CBS Sports HQ, and uh, we were previewing this game and talking all about this. And we come off the set, and uh, the producers like, "Wait, wait!" And we just we just talked about it for twenty minutes. Yeah. And he's like, "Wait, wait!" We think this news is coming down, so we want to go back and get your instant reaction. And I said, what's the news? And he said, oh, the Big Ten is levying this punishment. And I said, I got to go. I got to get on hot mic. I can't. I got I got something. I got a place I got to be. I, and here's what I said. I said, if Jim Harbaugh is not on the sideline, regardless of the ruling, I said, I'll give you $100. Okay. I still find it hard to believe. Now, what I think is like, because I think Michigan's going to fight this. Everything that they've indicated has been in a position of, we're going to stand behind our head coach. We're going to stand by our program. This is unprecedented. This isn't fair. We haven't had a full investigation. And it sure looks like Tony Petiti has said, the new commissioner of the Big Ten has said, we don't care. We have to uphold sportsmanship, you know, and we have to do the integrity of the game, which I appreciate. But I still have a feeling, Jonathan, that Jim Harbaugh is going to be on the sideline. Now, I think, like you said, I, I, I even think, because this was supposed to come out at one, 
It yep. almost feels like they waited until the flight was in the air, like literally until they were on the plane, which is kind of messed up. I and agree. then when they land, I think you'll get a quick response from Michigan. But are you with me? Do you still feel like they're going to fight this? They're going to get the TRO and yep. they're going to say, because that's every indication until I see Michigan saying, yep, we've accepted this because there is a possibility it was negotiated, right? Maybe they were going to do something significant, but that doesn't feel like anything Jim Harbaugh would agree to. So I still think they'll be defiant, claim their innocence, say, no, he's coaching. Yeah, I mean, I, I, if it was agreed to, I don't know if what, Tom Mars and others are releasing statements, you know, doubling down on the fact that, oh, he's going to be on the team flight uh, one way or the other, you know. It's a, it's a strange deal based on the timing of this for as uh, fast-paced as Tony Petiti was with this internal investigation with the Big Ten. And by the way, I want to get to the precedent of what he said here, here in a moment. For as fast-paced as it was, they took their time 24 hours before they're set to play Penn State. You want to discuss competitive advantage. To me, this is a competitive advantage for Penn State. Yeah, I, and I hate it. I've always hated this for the players, who I think are probably knew the least in all yeah. of this. Now, they probably benefited from you. I, you know, they definitely benefited if they didn't know the signals they had an advantage. But I don't think any players knew what was going on. They're kind of, you know, they're... They have enough going on. They're trying to keep their starting jobs. They're trying to play well in front of you know eighty thousand fans. I feel the worst for them because I I can't. I this morning we had heard whispers of this, and I was like, they're not going to do this before the game. Why don't you just wait till Sunday? You know, wait till an off day. You get to you. They can regroup. Get the whole week. I think this is borderline insanity that Tony Petiti would release this news now on Penn, uh, on Michigan right before the biggest game of the year. I don't think it makes much sense. And I think they're going to find a legal battle on their hands, but we'll see. Cause it does set a precedent. I know you want to talk about yeah. that too. That really is something that other leagues have tried to do and the players have fought. But once again, here we see the players having little to no say whatsoever. Yeah. And the precedent to me is not, not only is, is he willing to act fast and uh, in regards to the policy and it's very open-ended and vague, he can work anything and he wants to, and it's up to his discretion if he wants to punish based on the sportsmanship policy. It's not, but it, the difference is, Danny, to me, it's unprecedented in setting this new, this new path because they are effectively at least acknowledging they could impact Michigan's chances for the college football playoff. And I don't know another commissioner that would do that to the conference or other members that would be behind it given the fact that Michigan's the best chance for the Big Ten to have that revenue and everything else and money the almighty dollar they've got a ton of it but i i mean do you think greg sankey does this no no i mean forever you got to credit mike's live because i think it was genius i mean the sec 20 years ago they used to sling mud all over each other right and then what happened a lot of programs got in trouble the gators got in trouble what is it, in the 80s yep. uh you know where they faced probation they faced some issues and Mike Slive said, what are we doing? Why would we sling all this mud around? It only makes all of us look bad, and it hurts all of our chances to put our best team forward. And so there was kind of an agreement that said, let's keep it all under the table, all handle it, but none of us are really going to air out our public dirty laundry. And now all of a sudden you've got the complete opposite where no – I mean, I guess I understand the aspect of Ohio State being upset, every opponent on Michigan being upset, but really the league loses. Like yeah. it, it's a bad look for the league. You almost wish you could have kept this under the radar, swept it under the rug, handled it behind closed doors, 
talked to each other, said, hey, knock it out. This crossed the line. Because I do think there was some recruiting things that went on historically in the SEC. And where, you know, Sankey would come in and say, look, that's too far. This is too much. And then you would get it resolved behind closed doors because this, no one wins. And you're right. It potentially could be like it could be the best option they had to get in the playoffs, which is the best for the conference. I I would have taken the approach. So college football, Jonathan, I think it's a religion, right? Like it's a a lot of people treat it like a religion. And I would have let the football gods decide the fate said, you know what? We'll take our time on the investigation. We'll let it run its course. You know, if it takes till after the season, we'll do it. But you know what? The football gods know. And if Michigan has been getting enough of an advantage, they'll get clipped. They'll lose tomorrow. They'll lose against Ohio State. They'll lose in the Big Ten Championship. They'll lose in the playoff. And it'll take care of itself. Because I do think the likelihood that if Michigan had this advantage and it's gone of them running the table and winning the national championship was pretty unlikely. It's already hard enough to do with that, without that advantage. I think it would have resolved itself. Now you've opened up this can of worms with this new precedent. I don't know, and you'll be better at this than me, I don't know how much it affects the game day operations for Michigan, given the fact that Harbaugh will be at practice throughout the week. It's really the same setup that he had for the first three games of the season. And, I mean, they have not been phased one bit by any distraction behind the scenes based on what we've seen on game day. I... I, and also, I mean, who knows what we see from Penn State tomorrow? It'll be a great atmosphere. And can you imagine if Ryan Day loses to Michigan again, but not to Jim Harbaugh? Oh, man. You talk about hot seat all of a sudden. The guy <laughs> has beaten everybody except for Michigan. Never lost anybody except for Michigan. But I totally think that makes a lot of sense. It's... um. I don't. It, I floated this idea, you know, wondering if maybe Michigan would accept this because they did have that three-game window when you saw it. And I think it's a great question. I would say different teams that I played on, it would have had a different impact. Like when I was with Coach Bowden, I love Coach Bowden. Like I would, I speak the world of him. I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But if he wasn't there on game day, I don't think it would have been that different because he was a delegator. He gave the pregame speech, which I think, believe Harbaugh could still do. The pregame speech, like the day before, like the day of the game, which is a little bit good. Coach Bowden wasn't a fiery go get him type guy. It was a little more business like, here's what we're going to do. Um, but then I played for Mike Shanahan, who was very much hands on. He was a play caller. So it would have been huge. So from that aspect, I do think Harbaugh's more involved in the offense. I think he could have an impact on the offense. But we saw Sharon Moore, their offensive coordinator, handle it just fine, but yep. it was against lesser competition. So I do think it does, it impacts them way more than it did in the first three games. Of course, the competition is getting tougher. But man, that dynamic of Ryan Day that you just brought up, oh my goodness, that would be, he, you talk about pressure, he better win that game. Yeah, and then if he wins, it's still, well, you haven't, Jim Harbaugh wasn't on the sideline. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really, right. I mean, it helps him, but it doesn't really help the perception of who he won against. It's, just a, it's a crazy college football season. And I mean, this is the definition of college football. What we're seeing. This is <laughs> this is the, the CFB for sure. Um, what going into the the final three game stretch? Better. I mean, what do, what chances do you give Penn State tomorrow? So I gave them a sliver of a chance before this, and now I mean, especially if Harbaugh's not there, I think you'll see line movement. I think you see the line come down closer, maybe two. I think it's what four and a half right now, five somewhere around there. I'm I checking it right now. Board. Currently, I think it's off the board, but when it closed, I think it was four and a half. I think it'd go down to, you know, maybe two or three points because I do think it's significant. 
Um, so I kind of like their chances already. And if Harbaugh's impact is on the offense, you're facing your probably your biggest challenge uh, up to, to definitely their biggest challenge to date on the road. I'd say I kind of give the Nittany Lions. And then how about, we were just talking about the impact on Ryan Day. How about for James Franklin? There you go. What's his thing? Hadn't been able to win the big game. And he's in his own backyard. At least Ryan Day, like, I had to go to the big house. All of a sudden, that dynamic comes into play. I already thought, like, the, uh, so I was in Columbus for Ohio State, Penn State. And I watched that game, and it was ugly defensive battle, which is, I do think, the way this game plays out. Like, my favorite play is the under. I like under all day long. Okay. Both these defenses are awesome. The difference in Ohio State, Penn State was Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't think either one of these teams has a receiver anywhere close to Marvin Harrison Jr. So I don't see somebody taking over the game and putting up almost 14 points by themselves with a couple big plays. So I think it's going to be a tighter game. And if it's that one possession, again, you mentioned what impact it could have, when to go for it on fourth down, you know, when to when to kick a field goal. When, you know, those type of decisions are left up to the head coach. And if that's Jim Harbaugh without him, does does a you know interim coach try to make a name for himself? Does he try to do something different? Because, you know, those types of questions are where it could really impact the game. Danny Cannell with us, uh, courtesy of betonline.net. Right now, uh, it's four and a half based on what I'm looking at currently. So I, it, hasn't, it yeah. really hasn't budged uh, based on the... Yeah. Uh, we'll, I think it's basically because well, again, like, Hayes like in the barn. Probably, Jonathan, like, right, probably because my bet with my producer that I told you about, <laughs> I think the odds makers are probably like, there's no way Jim Harbaugh is not going to be on the sidelines, right? Yeah. What, Danny, what do you think this does for any chance of J.J. McCarthy being in the Heisman discussion? I don't know. I'm sure you guys probably discuss it here, but, you know, I'm a Heisman voter. Yep. There are way too many Heisman voters, oh, I, by I the agree. way. I agree. When there are, when there are, I would give up my vote if it meant we could go to about 100, you know, where like the NBA does. Like, let's go to 100 people who are super dialed in and watch every single game. With 900, get a lot of casual sports writers who like to put it in their bio and like to talk about it. I would give mine up if it meant it was a better award. I don't know if you saw the uh, columnist Greg Doyle, the piece he wrote, the Indianapolis Star, that he was not going to vote for J.J. McCarthy because it was an unfair advantage and it was it was a disadvantage to Bo Nix and Michael Penix and any other Jaden Daniels, any other Heisman Trophy candidate, which I understand. And he was saying, I'm not holding it against J.J. McCarthy, but I am, you know, I'm taking that to wait so I can't vote for him in good conscience. Ironically, he's the same guy that said Johnny Manziel he had no problem voting for because the word wasn't about integrity. That's a side note. Um, <laughs> but I do think out of 900 voters, there absolutely will be ones with a similar mindset that have the same philosophy. And all it takes 50 guy, 50 voters, you know, to say, nope, he's off my ballot. And that could be the difference between winning and losing. So unfortunately, I hope it doesn't come down to that, but it absolutely is a reality that it could. Final thing in just 30 seconds here. I, I uh, This really helps Alabama. This helps the SEC to get two teams in, honestly. Georgia with a win this yeah. week. Over, almost, they should be number one. I think they'll hop Ohio State. And then if Alabama makes it to the SEC championship game and beats Georgia, they're going to get in. Yep. I think so, too. I mean, you talk about the debate with a one-loss Georgia, you know, a one-loss Georgia who just lost to Bama, a Bama and potentially Texas one-loss Big 12 champ who beat Alabama. That dynamic, oh, my goodness. Again, I do think it usually resolves itself. It, yeah, I But agree. then Ohio State, there's. I think there's also interesting because Ohio State, what if they do beat Michigan? 
they probably do get in. So all of a sudden, if you're just a Big Ten fan, I know they don't have those as many as they have SEC fans, but they would be rooting for Ohio State to win out because that's your best chance. Florida State, staying right there too. Hey, Danny, always great, man. Thank you as always, and uh, great insight today as we had the breaking news with Harbaugh. You got it, Jonathan. Great catching up with you as always. We'll see you. Same here, man. Uh, one of the best right there. Danny Cannell, courtesy of betonline.net. Uh, big day with Tony Petiti. You have the, it's the, say power five all you want. There's power two. And one of the two just looked at Michigan and said, you can talk all you want about injunctions. Here is the penalty. And based on the way the sportsmanship policy reads, if it was above the standard penalty, standard violation, which was up to two-game suspension and a $10,000 fine, it had to go to the committee for approval. So he made his recommendation. The committee would have to approve that. And then they have the announcement today. But I'm with Danny. The timing of it was awful. As Michigan is on their way to face Penn State, planes in the air, they lay this down when everyone assumed that the reports were accurate, that they were going to announce this at 1 o'clock. And that wasn't the case. Coming up, Kelly in Vegas joins us. We'll check the lines on Michigan's championship status. Well, the biggest headline that we thought we would get earlier today has happened where Tony Patini, the commissioner of the Big Ten, sus- suspending uh, Jim Harbaugh. Currently, it's the final three games of the regular season. Suspended on game day. Not allowed to be at the venue for Michigan's games. Of course, as you would expect, Harbaugh board- boarded the plane earlier this afternoon. Because no announcement had been made. They're currently in the air. Michigan on their way to take on Penn State. And when the plane lands, we'll get a response from Michigan. That's the assumption. And the response, they've already said, would be to file for an injunction based on anything that would keep Harbaugh from coaching for the Wolverines. Kelly in Vegas joins us. Kelly Stewart, co-host of The Fade with Clay and Kelly. How are you? You good? Uh, and I am good. It's been a fun, busy day, and now the Harbaugh news breaks right before <laughs> I come on air, and I'm scrambling. Perfect. It's perfect. How did it affect the line? It didn't. <laughs> Clay and I spoke about it this morning on The Fade. It's not going to. Uh, if anything, it might cause some overreaction, have some people pile on Penn State, but depending on which book you like to shop at, there is – all the money on Michigan. It is one of the most highly bet sides this week. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon, even if Harbaugh isn't on the sidelines. Well, they have not flinched based on their play. And you can point to the schedule or whatever. But, I mean, with all of the distraction behind the scenes, they've been just fine. I would have to agree they've been just fine, but that's what happens when you play subpar teams. I know you said you can't point to the schedule, but... Who no, I know. I said played. you can. I said you can point. Okay, to the I, it's it's just tough. I, I think this is Michigan's first real test, first real road test. Yeah. And uh, there's a there's an old adage that I've heard about 15 times this week. Michigan's built to beat Ohio State. Ohio State's built to beat Penn State, and Penn State's built to beat Michigan. And it's one big triangle of Big Ten teams that beat up on each other and subsequently keep the other ones out of the college football playoff. Okay, so are you are you backing Penn State tomorrow? 
Well, I was on Penn State even before this news broke. Um, unfortunately, my best bet was TCU, and we'll get to that later okay. on in the show. But I know James Franklin, uh, he's just not performed well against top 10 opponents. And, and we know this. And I don't want to just gloss over it. But what we have seen from this team in the last year and a half is a team that is built to cover spreads, whether he's a home or an underdog. I bet against this team last week with Maryland, and it was my big dud of the week. Obviously, we want to talk defenses here, and I think one could argue that Michigan's a better defense. One could argue that Penn State's a better defense, depending on which type of metrics you like to look at. I just think Penn State has the better resume here at home. I know it's a big noon kickoff at Fox, and I know a lot of people are complaining about that. I was just at a big noon kickoff last weekend. There's plenty of atmosphere, plenty of anger, and plenty of hype surrounding those games as well. So even though it's not a wideout, I would not be surprised to see that place absolutely rocking. So I don't know about you. I'm surprised that Tony Petiti opened, opened the investigation, notified Michigan of what they were looking at, gave them the evidence, Michigan re responded, all that. I'm not surprised that it's two or three game suspension on the surface level here because I don't know why you notify Michigan that you're getting involved just like the NCAA because you want to affect it now if you're just going to hand out a fine. To me, that's, that's weak. And you only open the door for this if you're trying to come over the top. And the timing of the announcement while they're in the air going to Penn State, that is intentional. Like, to oh, me, yeah. it's, it, it, it's a response without a statement, but making a statement based on how they announced it. And Michigan can't just immediately respond after they, you know, they, they're almost like daring them to suspend him for multiple games because they were going to respond immediately. And they can't right now. They cannot. And that is uh, definitely a statement from the Big Ten that says, hey, I think there's a lot of other coaches putting pressure on them as well, right? This isn't just because Michigan and Ohio State seem to be the two biggest uh, money makers, if you will, in that conference. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they get to just slide by with some serious allegations here. I'm surprised now, by I, that, though. I am. You are. Yeah, I mean, all these pro eleven programs are helping produce evidence. I'm thinking like now there's a precedent set for a sportsmanship policy, and uh, I mean, if uh, Michigan's got to be going, okay, if you're going to look into us, how about the evidence we've handed over to you? about Ohio State and Rutgers from Purdue. Like, now Petiti's got to go after that based on the president he's done here for, for the sportsmanship policy. Oh, I would have to agree. This just opened up a huge can yes. of worms. And there's going to be a lot of finger pointing across that entire conference and probably even across lots of college football in general because there's always been a quietness of, uh, how do I say this? And it's maybe get said on the golf course a lot. Yeah. You ain't cheating, you ain't trying, right? And, Absolutely. Uh, and you kind of have to wonder, sometimes bigger name programs have gotten away with things or slaps on the wrist where we've seen other schools basically get the death penalty for certain things that they've done. So I do think that the Big Ten is setting a, a precedent here, but it is saying like, all right, we can't allow this to happen. We have to open an investigation. I don't know if I really think that this is something worth suspending Harbaugh over. I mean, I've seen some evidence. I've seen some weird things, but it is. You still are the head coach of this football program. Whether you knew it or not, somebody knew it, right? And that's kind of uh, the precedent that needs to be set. Either you can't be that 
an arm's length away from some of your assistant coaches or even just guys on the staff. I'm sure you've discussed this in your circles, Kelly. Um, I, I want, I, I'm curious about how this could have affected the line, the spread, the over-under, uh, because that's where the scandal takes it to another level with the money that's involved in all of that compared to just, oh, you know, the, the coach here can look over across our sideline and get the, the signals. We sent Connor Stallions out and he's, you know, going through all this. But it had to affect, from the bigger picture, the actual spread on game day. It had to. So I'm going to... I'm going to say this, Hutton, and uh, this, whether it's NFL, whether it's college basketball, whether it's WNBA, I don't care. Gambling gets a really bad rep. For some reason, the general public thinks that these wise guys in New Jersey have just boatloads of money to pay off coaches or players or Or Connor Stallions. Or Connor Stallions to be able to throw some of these football games. I'm going to go ahead and play the devil's advocate here and say, of course, if we looked back, it could have affected the spread. Is that a coincidence? Possibly. But I don't actually think uh, that it's any more than what we talked about with you and Chad back, uh, back, what was it, week three, week four with Sean McVay. Did he know the did he know the spread? Is that why he kicked the field goal? Maybe, you know, there was a there was a joke in the club level last weekend of Austin with me and some Texas backers, and I said, Chris Kleiman knew the knew the spread. That's why he uh, didn't kick the field goal to tie and go to double overtime. You know, me being a little facetious, if you will, because I had K-State plus four, but of course had some on the money line. Those are the kind of funny things that just make you go, hmm, because the I, bookmakers I are that good at their jobs. They are. And you're very good at predicting and, and dialed in. You're, uh, I believe you're on a hot streak right now based on the, the information you're giving us. We can get to that coming up. But if we're going to ask the question about Sean McVay, we have to ask the question here. That's, That's my overall fair. point. That is fair. I, I mean, I would have to look back at the exact games that are on the list. I mean, are we saying that well, Michigan has done this every single game over the last two and a half years? Well, uh, I mean, college football playoff last year, that, that line was, you know, wrong team favored. That it was. And TCU that's, uh, knew it was coming. And that, and that they did. Uh, that is a very good point, Hutton. You know, I, I have to kind of wonder again, I shy on the, uh, the air of non-conspiracy theory when it comes to uh, my profession, I, but I know. you're not wrong. I'm not trying to, to, to stir up a conspiracy. I'm just like, to me, that's where the, the allegations take a huge step forward instead of just, oh, everybody's doing it. It goes into the Alabama baseball coach realm. And I mean, it, it just takes another life, uh, it, more, more, uh, jet fuel to the uh yeah. to the hatred of and whatever's going on in Ann Arbor compared to everywhere else where everyone else is doing I would have to agree with you there I again for my profession I hope you're wrong uh we've been yeah, dodging I'm allegations for years <laughs> in terms of fixing games or matches or whatever uh because there are a lot of coincidences last night Bears game landed three Spread was three hey, and a half oh, and, then, and, and Vegas always knows I, by the way yeah. I'm not necessarily insinuating Vegas knew but if you knew the oh. signs, you knew how well, to play that, right? You did. You did. And also, again, there are certain, uh, you know, donors, if you will, that probably partake in uh, some gambling. And you want to make some of those guys happy, whether it gets said out loud or not. I can make a joke about it or not. 
There, there are people with more money than I'll ever have that can have way more influence on uh, college fo- football athletics or basketball athletics than I could ever imagine. So uh, you mentioned you don't think the, the penalty warrants uh, the, the crime here for, for Harbaugh. I, I tend to agree, but based on how fast this went, but I also like the fact that it went fast because it's affecting the current roster and program instead of a future Michigan roster like there is there is some validity to the fact that he stepped in the conference stepped in while I, I called them earlier the sloths of the invest the investigation going on with the NCAA they can take all the time they want and by that time Harbaugh would be coaching in, in, in the league like I, I I at least we get some some clarity on the background and the investigation and the information that that the Big Ten has here I would agree with that. I would like to be privy to some more of that information. Unfortunately, I feel like they're kind of keeping us in the dark outside of what we find on uh, the interwebs (laughs) and chat rooms and, you know, lovely X, depending on what people are trying to guess at that moment in time. That was actually the the first tweet I got was from a, a source that likes to be first, not always right. And that's the first thing I said to one of my buddies while I was waiting to come on air. I go, no, no, no. I need to see from a more legitimate source. And then he sent me another one. I said, okay, now I believe that this actually happened. Um, And that's kind of how I feel about everything that we're hearing out of Michigan, uh, whether it's other coaches sending over tape. I mean, yes, we've heard from Connor Stallions. We've seen pictures of him on the sidelines. Yes, I think that is very damning evidence in itself. But I do think that there's got to be a little bit more out there than just that. I'd be curious to see uh, what Ohio State has or what these other teams have on Ohio State as well. So Michigan has uh, released a statement on the Big Ten's disciplinary action, and they confirmed that they're going to try to get the injunction to allow Harbaugh to, to coach tomorrow. Um, that doesn't surprise me. So here's the statement. Um, let me pull this up here. Internet's uh, really slow right now, Kelly. Uh, I've got to go back to the text here. Uh, like all members of the Big Ten Conference, we are entitled to a fair, deliberate, and thoughtful process to determine the full set of facts before a judgment is rendered. Today's action by Commissioner Tony Petiti disregards the conference's own handbook, violates basic tenets of due process, and sets an untenable precedent of assessing penalties before an investigation has been completed. We are dismayed at the commissioner's rush to judgment when there is an ongoing NCAA investigation, one in which we are fully cooperating. That from the University of Michigan. I mean, that's why the injunction will happen and he'll be coaching. Most likely, yes, I would have to agree with that, especially, what is it, 4.34 on the East Coast right now. We'll see, Uh, but I would not be surprised to see them march him out there on the sidelines, and I don't know, maybe we'll uh, get our popcorn ready and see what happens uh, by 2.30 p.m. Hopefully Penn State can just get the W with him on the field. Without without a doubt, he's showing up at the stadium, right? It's it's specific, not at the venue on game day. I, I'm just spitball. What happens if he shows up and the Big Ten wants to uh, make sure he doesn't go through the through the gates or through the the locker room through the tunnel? What a scene! That's a very good question. That would he's be showing a up. Very he's showing scene. up. Oh, I would agree with you. he's going to show up. He definitely has that type of personality, and I <laughs> think that probably the athletic director from Michigan is probably saying, "Go ahead and show up." Uh, but <laughs> I do think it would. It, it's going to be a fun next. Uh, we'll call it. I don't know. 18 hours to see what ends up happening between now and kickoff. And if if James Franklin and Ryan Day don't beat Michigan 
with Harbaugh off the field and not with his team. That's that's rough for both. It's rough. That would be very uh, not great for both. I actually saw a tweet earlier. I didn't get a check a chance to fact check it, uh, but it was talking about how Michigan plays without Harbaugh uh, when he was off, and I believe it said he was zero and four against the spread. So okay. when he's not coaching on the sidelines, didn't mean they didn't win the game, but right. they didn't cover. Uh, Davey brings up <laughs> brings up a great point. Penn State. This would happen in the SEC. Penn State could have security escort him off the premises and charge him with trespassing. Ooh. Bring it on. Ooh. Bring it that on. That sounds like a lot of fun. It does. Uh, it's, it's a dumpster fire. We've got our dumpster fire it of the is. week coming up. Uh, also, we will dive into our horrible selections for our great bets of the week in college football. Kelly will crush me and Chad, who is, he, by the way, he submitted his. And okay. uh, yeah, and we'll dive into your best bets, which I will be following because Kelly is on a roll. Stay tuned. Hot Mud with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. <laughs> Kelly, I, I went to the uh, restroom during the break. Did I have a piece of uh, like uh, Kleenex on my face the entire time that last segment? <laughs> I, walk- I did not see it. I walked That's in the beauty and saw him, of like, being remote. What? Yeah. Uh, no one in here would have told me, I guess. Making me... Uh, I do feel bad. Uh, I feel bad for uh, not noticing. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, by the way, they say no. So I don't know where it came from. Um, six of the Peabody, our location. Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. It is Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network, where you can also find the fade with uh, Kelly and, and Clay. Um, I know uh, I've seen some of your picks. I'm all in with uh, the, the run that you've been on. And I also, I was watching where, uh, I believe you're third right now in a massive, um, is it a, a pick'em league or something that you're in? You say you're third? Uh, I wish it was pick'em. Life would be a lot better for me. Uh, but no, it's an against the spread league. You have to pick seven, either college or a mixture of NFL games every single week. It's a, okay. it's a Vegas contest. And previously, I was never allowed to enter due to my affiliation at other networks. And they said, hey, since you're not there anymore, do you want to join? And I started off so bad. I think I went two and six week one. Uh, No, I would have went two and five. I apologize. And then three and four. It just was a really slow start. I hit six and one uh, three weeks in a row. And now we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. And yes, exactly. And and this is like a a big, like big time financial uh, deal, right? That's the insinuation. Oh, come on. You said there were some big money people in this. Well, there's some really, I would call very, uh, very sharp. No. Oh, you're talking about fantasy. No, no, no. I'm talking about about your, yeah, I'm talking about the bets. Yeah, no, this is, uh, there's some guys that are in this league that I've respected for several years. And uh, the front runner is actually a mentor of mine. Uh, He and I worked together 11 years ago now. It's been such a fun run. So I, I hope so. He, listen, that's the difference. Right now, sitting in third place, I'm just relaxed. All I got to do is go four and three every week, maybe hit a five and two, just hit my stride. He's the one with the target on his back. Yeah, he feels the pressure. He's looking over his shoulder. Davey Hudson joins us. Oh, go ahead. You don't think he is? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I don't think he is. <laughs> oh, Davey Hudson joins us uh, in studio. Uh, Dave, you're pointing out one of the, the part of the language of the letter. Yeah, here. so during the break, we looked it over, and my favorite part of this letter is. And you guys were talking about the timing in which this all occurred, but yeah. the letter stated, uh, 
by taking this action at this hour, the commissioner is personally inserting himself onto the sidelines and altering <laughs> the level playing field that he is claiming to preserve. That's a great response. And doing so on Veterans Day, a court holiday, to try to thwart the university from seeking immediate judicial relief is hardly a profile in impartiality. It's a great response. Uh, discussing competitive advantage. Penn State has a competitive advantage with this. Um, and it's due to the deliberate timing from Tony Petiti and uh, the, the Big Ten. Um, dumpster fire of the week, Davey. This is, uh, oh, I mean, yes. I don't think either, well, uh, none of us are going with Michigan, right? Yeah, we did that last week. Yeah. It's one of those to where it's, we know this has been the biggest story. There's obviously been, I mean, as you say it, where there's smoke, there's fire, and we continue to see more and more smoke. But to get us started, Hutton, I'll let you go for what's that one moment this week that just encapsulate a absolute and total dumpster fire well it's it's Ole Miss Lane Kiffin who on Wednesday they they filed for uh the the lawsuit to be dismissed from uh, DeSanto Rollins um in regards to um the the lawsuit that was discrimination uh based on mental health um sexuality and, and more and less than 24 hours later there's audio that I'm assuming Rollins recorded, meeting with Lane Kiffin in his office, and Kiffin's going off. It's a 42-second clip, and what's a much longer recording. And the dumpster fire is the reaction to the 42 seconds when Kiffin just flat out told the truth. I mean, I mean, mental health is an issue, but you can't ghost for two weeks and expect the head coach of a program anywhere to just be like, Oh, you know, sorry, man. Like let's, let's make sure that you're, you're taken care of on the field and you're right back. And while he said, Oh, you know, uh, you're off the team, get out. Technically he's receiving all of the benefits of being on the, the, the roster currently all, all of the student and player benefits of being at Ole Miss. It's a dumpster fire just because it doesn't look good on Kiffin. But it's also just obvious that you have to conduct yourself at a certain standard if you're going to be a member of a team. And this guy did not do that. My favorite comment from Kiffin on that one was, what world are you living in? Yeah. Where you can just, it goes back to like what you're talking about, Hud. Like it's a societal issue. I had some other favorite words there, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I mean, it's uh, but it's not just that. It was just, um, he... I, I, the perception I take from this, guys, is he wanted to have all the benefits, but he didn't want to actually pick up the phone and say anything. He even admitted in the recording he, he's not ready to talk to Kiffin. You've got to be able to communicate in a much better manner. Um, and I don't think the, the, the timing is no surprise. If you're filing for uh, that, that to be dismissed and then that drops, that's why. I don't think it's because they're playing Georgia this week. Kelly, I'll let you go next. Yeah, are we sure it's not because they're playing Georgia this week? No, <laughs> I mean, no, no, I think it's because they, 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 Ole Miss and Kiffin filed for that, that lawsuit to be dismissed the day before. And that's fair, I, and they should. Listen, you guys mentioned it being a societal thing. I think it is uh, prevalent in all of the generations that are younger than me, however many that is now, <laughs> but... It is, a, it is a thing where But it's our, I have it's our seen, generation. It pisses me off. It's our generation that has, that has softened the next generation. 
Oh, no, no, no. It's our parents' generation because they kind of did it with us. Oh, wow. I have some people that are my age that tend to do things like this. I think that there's a lot of issues that we have as a society, whether we have mental health issues that need to be addressed more, but yeah. it's the way about going about it, right? The, this, this, I mean, what is he, 20, 21 years old? This guy is is maybe a kid, yeah. right? So somebody never taught him how to persevere and how to deal with your issues like a man that says, hey, you need to walk up. Maybe it's not Lane, but maybe it's your respective coach that's right above you. Maybe it's a grad assistant and say to somebody, I need help. This is a problem. Tell me what to do. How can I handle this? You don't ghost your football coach. You don't ghost your boss, but that is this culture of these kids. That's why they ghost each other on dates and they think that that's somehow acceptable. I mean, well, you can text. I, I, you don't have to, you don't have to speak now. You can just text. The, that, that's all. The this immaturity is, yeah. is really sad to see. And I'm sure he probably does have some issues here. But they maybe could have been remedied. There could have been some discussions had. Maybe he could have gotten better help had he uh, not chosen the route of just complete and utter silence. That's that's the perplexing part to me. Totally agree. What's the dumpster fire, Kelly? Yeah, the dumpster fire. David and I were texting about this. About 2 o'clock, I just hit like a wall. I mean, I'm having a coffee at almost 5 p.m. I'm at jealous. night. yeah. Yeah, you know why? Because I still have two more shows to do today. <laughs> and daylight savings time has just wrecked me. It has wrecked my dog. It has wrecked my soul. Why are we still doing this? It is an absolute unmitigated dumpster fire. It has ruined me since Sunday morning. And, and I cannot get out of it. My dog is mad at me at 4.30 that he hasn't eaten yet. It's like, what is going on here? It's only a one-hour fallback. But it feels like three hours. The sun's going down at five thirty. I hate it. I'm I'm over it. It is a dumpster fire. I, I thought this was supposed to be done. You you're absolutely right. It should be it should be done away with. And it came back into the mix in like the '60s. And I'm thinking, what are we doing? Why are we? We're not this farmers. Back? Yeah. I understand why they originally created it, but th even the farmers would agree with us. Yeah, but it, it went away enough. from like the '20s to the '60s, based on what I was reading. And for whatever reason, it was. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Some government official is just doing us dirty, and I can't, I can't figure out who it is. But I'm, mark my word, if I find out, I'm going to ruin their re-election campaign. I mean, I, I, I would vote. I, I need someone to run on the, the campaign promise that they'll do away with this. I'm with you. On the other side, I mean, if, if we didn't have daylight savings time, then we would miss that critical scene from National Treasure where he's looking at the back of the, the clock to the water bottle on the $100 bill. So that's the one good thing that comes from daylight savings time, but I agree yeah. with you on the rest. What a guys, great actor, Nicolas Cage. He's incredible. Um, he is a national treasure. <laughs> All right, guys. So my dumpster fire of the week has to do with officiating in basketball. And to start us off, it's the NBA this past Wednesday. Superstar Giannis Antetokounmpo was ejected three minutes into the second half for basically giving a stare down. It's yep. a guy that we've talked Weak. about – the NBA's issues in getting players, one, just to play. Load management is a terrible problem that they've had. They've tried to address it this offseason. So when you get to the point the official takes the game in his hands and ejects one of the league's best superstars to where you're not able to watch him for an entire second half in a game where he's looking like he's going to be putting on a clinic, that's an incredibly problematic issue that the league is having. Uh, on top of this, outside of the NBA, I know the NCAA Women's Tournament, they just did a, like an audit on their officiating, found that that did not live up to par. And I get it. Being an official is a hard job. It is not one that comes with 
really any praise whatsoever. All you're going to get is the negative side effects of people being mad at you. But at the same time, you can't hurt your own product by having players taken out and then two just coming back after the fact and being like, all right, yeah, we screwed up. It's like, well, what are you going to do because you screwed up? At least give us a reason as to how you're going to improve that product moving forward. And as of right now, we don't have that, and that's why this is my dumpster fire of the week. Yeah, it's a good – I mean, that the ejection of him, of Giannis, was awful. At least in the NBA, they give you, like, the final – what is it, the final two-minute report or whatever? Yeah. I mean, I'd love that in the NFL, something. Um, hey, uh, Kelly, can you explain the in-season tournament? No. I, I don't either. understand the madness I here. I can't either. Here's what – Okay, so I used to actually, in my former life, I did a lot of work for the NBA, and I used to care a lot about the NBA because it was my job. And there is some money to be made gambling the NBA, but it's in April. It's not in November. And you know why? It's everything Davey just mentioned, load management. So from my understanding, they started doing these in-season tournaments to kind of avoid players wanting to do that. And instead... As he mentioned, now we're calling egregious things against one of the best basketball players in the association. You're absolutely right. People buy tickets because they want to see the stars. People tune in on TV because they want to see the stars. I guarantee the watchability score of that game went down tenfold the second Giannis got ejected from the game. That's just absolutely and utterly absurd. And unfortunately, it happens in every single sport. There is no consistency top to bottom, and it is infuriating. Chad brought this up, and it, he's he's spot on. How do you have an in-season tournament and not have a bracket challenge? It's impossible to fill out a bracket right now based on how this is set up, which makes no sense. Yeah, that makes no sense it's whatsoever. Dumb. There's got to be a motivating factor, right? <laughs> to say, okay, we get, we get something towards the playoffs in April because we won this in-season tournament in November. I, I just think it is a – I understand what they're trying to do, but I, I think they didn't put a lot of thought into it, and that's the unfortunate part. There are some big-time leagues that are scrambling – and it is it is a real thing. We, I mean, our my co-host Clay Travis talks about it all the time. There are numbers dropping with certain sports, and the NBA is one of them. It is. I'll start tonight at six Eastern if you're interested. Watching more of the in-season tournament. Thanks, Davey. We'll have you report on that Monday. The very latest. Who's in? Who's out? I'm, my guess is everyone's still in on Monday. I'm you assuming. would be correct. Yes, we're yeah. still in the, the round robin play. Yeah. Pool play, like the. It's like the World Cup. There you go. You, you can't, even if you lose, you're not out yet. Yeah. I mean, I, think, I mean, everybody's got to play in the regular season. These count. The only thing I do know, every game counts for playoff hopes, except for the championship game of this, which again, is like, whatever. Uh, but you get 500 grand. Everybody does. There you if go. You win. If you win, you can take that and join Kelly's uh, picks against the spread league. The buy-in, <laughs> the buy-in there. No, you're so funny. That is, uh, that is not exactly the case, but uh, would be nice because then I could just take the the whole spring and summer off, right? All right. So let's say we had five hundred grand to put on one game this weekend. Kelly's going to tell us oh, who no, we. That's not how this works. Why? Because we have to preserve that half a million dollars. That is our baby. That is our bankroll. We don't put that on one game. If I called you and I said, no. "Hi, and I've got the best hey. stock tip for you ever," I, would, I just want to know. Put- I want to know your confidence level. We'll get it when when we come back. Plus, the the very latest with Michigan, their response to the Big Ten about the Harbaugh suspension. 